Thanks for tuning in to the Harvest Springs weekly podcast. Every week we'll provide you with the weekend message from our Sunday service. How's everybody doing this morning? Oh, there we go. Okay, good job. I'm, I am Neil Hancock. I'm the student and family pastor here at Harvest Springs, and I'm so glad to be able to be here with you this morning and to be able to continue this series that we're in called Church in the Hood. And we've been in this series for the entirety of the summer, and it's been a great series as we walk through different steps, and we've been talking about different areas that we can be involved in, in, in the hood, right? And different areas that we can be in, involved in the church and different areas that we have and ministries that we have in the church. And so uh, we're going to continue that this morning, and I'm so excited to be able to talk to you guys about family ministry. We're going to be talking about some family ministry and things that go on. But I want you guys to, before you guys check out, because I know some of you are like, maybe you're a student here and you're like, oh, he's talking about parenting and family. I don't need to listen to this. Or maybe you're, maybe you're here and you're like, okay, well, I, I'm past the point of parenting and, and family. You're thinking, oh, I can just kind of take a nap during this part. Uh, trust me, you can't do that because this is for you. No matter who you are, turn to the person next to you and say, this is still for you. Good job. All right. This is still for you. We're going to be talking about, so I'm going to jump right in and we're going to talk about what God wants to talk about this morning and uh, family ministry. And so I have a question though, to start, how many of you have like this picture? Maybe you, you had this picture in your mind uh, that comes to mind about what the perfect family looks like or what the perfect family is supposed to look like. Just raise your hand if you have that. Like maybe you have this uh, picture in your mind. None of you? Really? That's weird. Okay. Maybe I'm the only one. Okay. That's fine. It's good. I, I was just walking through Walmart the other day and I, I was actually looking for a frame and I, I, I walked up to the frames. I'm looking at it. How many of you uh, ever sh- you've shopped for a frame and you see this like stock picture that they have in the frame and they just look like the perfect family, right? They're all like huge smiles on their face. Look like they're having like the best day of their life. They're like the perfect family in these stock photos. Most of them probably aren't even related. They just grab like, okay, you look good. Okay, you look good. Okay, you you can be this family for the day. You're the stock family. And you may, maybe you've seen that picture before, or maybe you have uh, someone that you follow on Instagram or social media or YouTube, and you see, you've seen them, and you're like, that, they just look like the perfect family to me. Um, maybe you're like my kids. My kids watch YouTube families. That, like, they just watch the family for some reason. They're like, like, what are you watching? Oh, I'm watching this family. I'm like, what are they doing? Oh, just stuff. I'm like, that's so weird. Why are you watching another family? That's just weird. So, but, but then I thought, okay, I did the same thing. When I was youngest, if I didn't have YouTube or social media, I was watching sitcoms with the families, right? We're watching these families and like, I, I would look at this family. I'm like, that's the perfect family. I wish I was in that family. And we all have this kind of picture in our minds that have, when it comes to a perfect family. And sometimes we look at those pictures, we look at those things on, on social media and we just kind of go, ah, I wish that was my family, right? I wish that was my family. They just look so, they just look so put together. They all look like models, right? And they, 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 they look like they're, they're, they're kids. They always mind. They always listen to their parents. Ah, I wish I had that family, we all have this image of family in our minds, but here's the good news I have for you this morning. So I want to tell you something. It's a secret, okay? There's no such thing as the perfect family. 
It doesn't exist. There's the, the perfect family doesn't exist. So you can take a sigh of relief, okay? You don't have to measure yourself up to another family. So oh, that's the perfect family. We need to be like that. There's no such thing as the perfect family. Two of my favorite words in the English dictionary. I have these two favorite words, and I think they're I think they're probably my favorite two words. And it's not let's eat. I know some of you are thinking, look at that guy. Those are his favorite words, let's eat. No, that's not my two favorite words. I think my two favorite words in the English dictionary are me too. Me too, right? Doesn't it sound good sometimes just to be able to, to hear those words, me too, or, or to be able to say those words, me too, right? It, it's, pretty, it's pretty awesome, like, right? You could, like, like maybe you have this moments, like you're, you go, oh man, may, uh, you have lots of kids, like lots and lots of boys. I don't know why I'm standing over next to this guy right here, but yeah, me too, right? Yeah, or oh, oh man, on the way to church this morning, you were yelling at your kids, right? Me too, yeah. <laughs> Or, or your daughter takes like four hour showers and wastes all the hot water. Me too, right? Or maybe you're thinking, oh man, I, I just, I just sometimes I feel like I just fail as a parent. Me too. Those words just kind of resonate and they make you feel like, you know what? I'm not alone in this. I'm not alone. There's someone else that's going through the same thing as me. And it feels good to be able to say, me too. The Bible is full of people who are broken, who have made mistakes, who at times are way less than perfect parents. You don't believe me? Let's check out a few, a, few, a few of the characters here in the Bible. So how about Noah? How many of you have ever heard of Noah, right? Noah, most of us, most of us heard of Noah. We, we believe that's the guy. You know, uh, we've heard of him because we know about the ark. Uh, maybe you're like me and you, you walk through Hobby Lobby and you see the huge display of Noah's ark, baby things that they have in there. And like, oh yeah, that's the guy with the ark. And you know, even if you haven't been in church for any length of time, chances are you've heard of Noah and the ark. Well, Noah was a hero of the Bible, but guess what? Noah also had some issues, right? There was the time that he got drunk and he passed out naked and his sons had to come and cover him up to kind of save some of his dignity. Hopefully none of you are saying a me too moment with that. (laughs) Then there was Abraham. Remember him? Abraham, there's that song that's about him. Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons had Father Abraham. Come on, if you know it, sing it with me. And I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Yeah, remember Abraham? Oh, take it easy there, buddy. She's like, yeah, let's sing it, yeah. All right, no, uh, Father Abraham, right? We know Abraham, we know that guy. He actually offered his wife to another man. And another time, another time he had a baby with his wife's servant, I don't remember that being in the song. How about Rebecca? Rebecca schemed with her son to deceive her husband, Isaac. And Jacob, Jacob's sons sold one of their brothers to slavery. David had an affair and his son 
started a rebellion. See, all these people were broken, flawed, messed up, but God loved them. And he chose to use them in great and mighty ways. He chose to use them to make a huge impact in the kingdom of God. And so here's the, here's the good news. I hear these stories and I read this in the Bible and I see these stories of how these people were broken and they were, they were imperfect people. And I say, me too. And then I hear about how God called them and he chose to use them despite their flaws and despite their imperfections. And I say to God, me too? You, you want to use me too, God? And he says, yes, I want to use you too. And he's saying the same thing, the same exact thing to each and every person in this room this morning. He's saying, I love you. It doesn't matter what you have in your past. It doesn't matter the things that you've been through in your past. It doesn't matter the, the, the times that you've messed up, the mistakes that you've made. I love you. And I want to forgive you. In fact, I love you so much that I would send my only son, Jesus, to come and die on a cross for you and pay the cost of your sins. That's how much God loves you. Not only does he love you that much, but God wants to use each and every person in this room to make a huge impact for his kingdom. He wants to use you to make an impact in your family. He wants to use you to make an impact in your job. He wants to use you to make an impact in your school. He wants to use you to make an impact in the church. He wants to use you to make an impact in the neighborhood. God wants to use you. There's another broken, imperfect guy in the Bible that God used to make a huge difference, to make a huge difference in the lives of his people. That guy was Moses. You see, God used Moses to free the people of Israel from slavery. And God spoke through Moses and God gave Moses direction for the people. We're going to look at a passage this morning of one of those times when God used Moses to speak to the people. And it's one of my favorite passages of scripture. And in fact, if you, you've heard me teach before, you probably heard me use this scripture reference before because I, I love this passage of scripture. In fact, I, I know that is actually one of my favorite scriptures when it comes to family ministry, and it talks a lot about that. So we're going to read it together this morning. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. It's also going to be up on the screen for us. And it says this, there, These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you, to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, o, hear Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you, and you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, 
just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commands I, that I give you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the doorframes of your houses and on your gates. Notice that Moses doesn't use the phrase. He doesn't say, listen up, parents, got a message for you. He doesn't say that. In fact, because he's speaking, he was speaking to everyone there. He wasn't just speaking to those who had kids or those who had families. He was speaking to everyone. In fact, he said, hear, O Israel. Not hear, O parents of Israel. He was speaking to everyone there. In fact, I believe that Moses was probably actually the first guy who kind of with this idea of it takes a village. See, sure, I, I believe, I believe that, that parents, that it, is the, that it is the primary responsibility of the parents to be the primary influence in their kids' lives. I believe that. See, but research and experts and statistics show that kids who have other adults in their lives have a better chance of succeeding. What about that freaked out mom of a middle schooler, right? That, uh, that is suddenly convinced that someone else is living in the body of my teenager. And I'm pretty sure whoever it is hates me, right? Anybody can identify with that? Don't raise your hand if your kid's sitting next to you, Okay. But she needs someone to come alongside her and say, me too. She needs someone to come alongside her and encourage her to only freak out on the inside. She needs someone to come alongside her that's going to be able to pray with her. That's going to be able to, to help her as a parent. That's going to be able to do life with her. She wants to know that she's not alone in this. That there are others that are going through the same thing or have gone through the same thing or something similar that they can come alongside and say, me too, let's do this life together. Let's encourage each other. Let's build each other up. See, family ministry isn't just a parent or a pastor thing. It's a whole church thing. Let me say that again. Family ministry is not just a parent or a pastor thing. It's a whole church thing. What if we as a church took Moses seriously when he implied that we are all responsible for the faith and the future of the kids and students in our community? See, I believe that we're just talking about groups on the video before I came out and talking about getting involved in different groups in the church and small groups. And I kind of liken small groups kind of to me too groups, 
right? It's a group where we can get together and we can, we can do life with other people and we can talk to each other and we can know that we're not in it alone, that they're going through similar things as we are going through. We can get together, we can pray together, we can learn together and we can point each other towards Christ together. We can pick each other up when we're down. It's a group of people that do life together and they help each other grow. What if, what if we as a church, what if we as a church got together in more groups like that? What if we got together in more small groups or me too groups where we could encourage each other and build each other up? What if parents got together with other parents on a consistent basis, not just every once in a while, but what if on a consistent basis, parents were getting together with other parents and praying together and encouraging each other? What if young adults started showing up consistently in the lives of high schoolers and junior high schoolers and said, me too. You know what? I was just there where you are now. Let me show you how I got through this. What if high schoolers, junior hires, and even elementary schoolers got together in these Me Too sort of groups and they started to build each other up instead of tearing each other down and they began to lead each other and point each other towards Christ? What would it look like if we as a church would do these things? Every kid, every student is in a different phase of their life depending on their age and their situation. Some of us are like, yeah, I know, it's just a phase. And I can't wait for this to be over. Like, when is this going to end already, right? Maybe you can identify with that. But what if we were to stop looking at it this, that way? What if we were to stop looking at it like, this is just a phase. I can't wait for it to be over. And we as parents, we as a church, were to look at it and say, this is just a phase. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss the chance and the opportunity to meet them where they are right now. What if we were to say, this is just a phase. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss the opportunity to have influence in their lives while I still can. My last message that I taught back at the beginning of the summer was talking about losing my marbles or losing your marbles. And uh, maybe some of you are thinking that dude did lose his marbles, but uh, what is he talking about? But what I was talking about is we as parents, we as people, we have just a short time with our students and with our kids from birth to age 18, 936 weeks to be exact, from birth to age 18. And I talked about if we were to take 936 marbles and we were to put them in a jar and we were to start taking one out each week and counting each week, they would count down very quickly. We would see how we would count each week that we have with our kids and be an influence in their life. And... And we would see as it, count, as it counted down, I talked about if we count the weeks, we can make the weeks count. 
And that's why we would do it. Some people are probably thinking, why would I do that? That's depressing. Why would I want to count the weeks? Jeez, right? Believe me, I know. Because with my daughter, Alyssa, I started with those 936 weeks. Now I got 46. It's a big difference. <laughs> and when we count the weeks, we, we can make each week count. Here's some other eye-opening stats for you, not to depress you, but to, but to, to just put this in front of you and see how, how important it is that we focus on being present in the lives of this next generation. See, as parents and as leaders, see, we're, we want to invest relationally, right? As parents, we want to invest relationally in our kids. We want to have these relationships and build upon those. But the unfortunate thing is that the amount of hours as a parent that we have to invest in our kids relationally starts to go down at each phase of their life. See, on average, a parent of a preschooler has about 12 hours a day with their preschooler. Six hours a day with their elementary schooler. Four hours a day with their junior high student. And on average, a parent has about two hours a day to connect relationally with their high schooler. That's, that's eye-opening. Maybe it's time that maybe it's time that as a family we got serious about connecting relations, relationally with our with our students with our kids. Maybe it's time as a church that we we began connecting relationally with our kids and being present in their lives. Maybe it's time that we take the AI out of family artificial intelligence and take a little bit of that out and actually start spending real time with our kids and investing in their lives relationally and actually listening to them, doing what they want to do, being present when, when they're wanting to talk to us and even when they're not. Our window of opportunity closes Fast. The weeks fly by. And with each week that passes by, it's actually a reminder that we're not really raising kids. We're actually raising adults. And we need more people, we need more voices helping us to speak into the lives of our kids and students and pointing them towards Christ. Every kid at every phase in their life needs a consistent adult that's not their parent, that's gonna be there for them, that's gonna be pointing them towards Jesus. Preschoolers, they need a consistent adult because they could be terrified with an unfamiliar face. Elementary kids, they need a consistent adult in their lives because they'll tell anything to a stranger. Junior high students, they need a consistent adult in their life because nothing else in their life is consistent. 
so many things are changing and so many things are, are changing at such a rapid pace that there's no consistency a lot of times in the lives of junior hires. And high school students, they need a consistent adult in their life because they only, sh- they only trust people who show up consistently. Here's a relational principle for us. You can't influence someone you don't know. If we want to help the next generation know that they matter, then we need to get serious about getting to know them. Say that one more time. If we want to help the next generation know that they matter, We need to get serious about getting to know them. We need to spend time with them. We need to listen to them. We need to show up consistently in their lives. Maybe you're thinking, what do I have to offer the next generation? What what talents, what gifts, what abilities do I have? Here's something that I've learned. Kids and students, they care way less about your abilities and way more about your availability. They need to know that we can, they can trust you to be there for them. And so how, how can we as a church How can we be church in the hood? How can we as a church make an impact in the next generation? How can we as a church embrace family ministry so that we can make that impact? One of the things that we can do is we can join groups. We can join up with groups of other people and do life with them. Come alongside them and build them up. We can be able to share our experiences with them. And maybe some of you are here and and you're like, well, I'm past the the point of parenting. In fact, I have grandparents, maybe even great-grandparents, or I have great-grandkids and even great-grandkids. Maybe that's you in this room and you're thinking, okay, what can I do? You can show up in the life of a parent. And say, I was there. This is, this is my experiences. This is how, how can I help you? How can I pray for you? When's the last time that we actually went up to someone and be like, how can I pray for you? And we really meant it. And we said, and we actually said, okay, I'll pray for you. And we actually went and did it. That leads me to the other thing that we can do as a, as a church We can pray for each other on a consistent basis. Not just, hey, I'll pray for you and then walk away and forget to pray for them or pray for them once and then forget about what they were going through. What if we as a church prayed for each other on a consistent basis? We were bringing each other to God and saying, and just on our knees and just battling for those people that we know are going through things or maybe they're not going through anything, but we're just lifting them up in prayer, saying, God, I want to lift up this family to you. I want to lift up this family to you. I want to lift up this student to you, this student to you, this person to you. What if we did that on a consistent basis? Another thing you can do is we can serve and harvest kids. 
We can serve in Harvest Youth and be a consistent leader in the lives of kids and students. And we can all take responsibility for the faith and the future of kids and students in our community. You see, we as a church and and myself as the student and family pastor, we're committed to being able to to help equip parents and to come alongside parents and, and leaders and to be able to help them to influence the next generation for Christ. Some of the things that we do is we currently offer kids services at the 8.30 service and the 10 o'clock service where kids can go downstairs and they can learn about Jesus at their level and they can hear the gospel at their level. We have many volunteers that, that help out during, their, during those times and they're, they're investing in the lives of kids. We have Harvest Youth that meets every Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Here at, here at Harvest Springs actually right here in this room. And we, get, we actually open the doors at 6.30 so they can have a little bit of half an hour of hangout time. And in, during that time, it's not just necessarily chaos, although it looks like it at times, but it, it's intentional, relational time where we can invest in these kids' lives and we can have time to just connect with them relationally and be consistent in their life. And we share lots of information and resources on our webpage and through our social media platforms and channels. And we just kicked off something brand new today. It's downstairs in our Harvest Kids area. It's our parent resource wall. If you haven't had a chance to see it, even if you don't have kids, you can go down there and you can check it out, our parent resource wall, and it has all kinds of different things on it. I'm gonna show you a couple things that we have on there. We have... One of the things that we have is we have cards like this for each and every phase, each and every phase that a kid's going through. And it just has little things that you can, it goes all the way from new baby all the way up to 12th grade. And there's just different cards that you can just grab and you can take one. And it's just a reminder of the phase that that child might be in at that time and, and things that we can do to be able to make an impact in their life. In fact, I will read just the baby one right here. On the back, it says, new baby, the phase when nobody sleeps, everybody smells, and one mesmerizing baby convinces you, I need you now. Birth is the first crisis of life. Babies arrive in the world where they don't know the language and they have very little control over their body, but they are quickly forming first impressions about themselves and the world. Every baby wants to know, am I safe? So your role is to embrace their physical needs. There's 936 weeks till graduation. Don't miss it. You can grab one of those cards down there. Also, every month we'll have these for you to grab. It's just things that are going on downstairs in the two different areas. We have Harvest Kids, which is our elementary area. Harvest Kids Junior, which is uh, pre-K through kindergarten. And this is just going to show you the different things that they're learning each month and the different things that you can take and you can look over it and you can see the scriptures that they're gonna be learning, the stories that they're gonna be talking about. And then on the back, there's ways that you can engage them every day and it helps you to do that. And you can grab one of these, even if you're not a parent, you don't have a kid that's in Harvest Kids, you can be able to grab these and you can be able to say, okay, now I know what they're learning down there and it, te- and it helps me know how to pray for the kids and the leaders. It's the church coming alongside. 
We also have one of these. It's a Harvest Youth Calendar, which is gonna show you everything that ha- is happening from September through December and all the different uh different series that we're going through. And again, you could take this even if you don't have a student and you could be able to pray and know that, okay, right now they're going through a series called Known where they're learning about their identity and who they are in Christ. And you could be able to pray and say, you can pray for the students, pray for the leaders, that God will be able to show up and teach these students that their identity is found in him and him alone. And then each month I'll also have a couple books that are on the wall as well, just to recommend that you can be able to check them out. Well, not literally check them out. It's not a library, but you could maybe just look at them and say, okay, I want to get one of those books. I want to read that too. It looks interesting. Maybe this can help me as a leader. Maybe this can help me to come alongside parents and families. Maybe this can help me as a parent to be able to lead the next generation towards Christ. The band's going to play one more song. And as we sing, I want us to just remember how God is faithful. His promises are true. It doesn't matter what we've done in the past. It doesn't matter how broken we are. God loves us and he wants to use us. The question is, are we going to let him use us? Are we going to allow him to use us? Are we going to allow him as a church to be able to use us, to be able to impact this next generation for him? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to hear your word today, to be able to discuss the importance of family ministry, the the importance of coming together as a church, to be able to come alongside each other and to do life together and to be able to reach this next generation for you, Jesus. God, I ask that you would help us to be there for each other. Help us to pray for each other. Help us to build each other up. God, help us to be the church. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to the Harvest Springs podcast. Our hope is that you hear the truth of God's word and that you are encouraged and challenged by it. If you would like to take your faith journey to the next level, check out the Getting Started plan on our mobile app or our website, harvestsprings.com. The Getting Started plan is a seven-day video-based teaching that will help you start your relationship with Jesus off in the right direction. And if there's anything that we can do to help, just fill out a connection card on our website or on the mobile app.